Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Aaron Larsoul, as always. And this is The Hook. Aaron, we always talk about what we're sipping on. I switched it up a little bit today, but what what, what do you have in front of you today? Yeah, I mean, I saw it, it looked like maybe you had a little grapefruit juice or something in there. You definitely have a cocktail. I um, am perhaps too far along in life. I don't even bother with the mixers anymore. Maybe it's. I would like to tell you that it's because I'm trying to stay away from sugar and to, yeah. uh, you know, maintain maintain this girlish figure you know it is summer is just finished and also right around the corner so you know i, I gotta keep this uh this swimsuit body good so i don't <laughs> i don't go with the mixers um yeah. that's what i would like to tell you but i just i just like to drink so um mm -hmm. it is it is hennessy and on that note yeah i do want to hear what you have it did look like grapefruit juice though so um, yeah i went I went, I went to uh, tequila sunrise with a splash of grenadine in it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so the orange mixed with the grenadine is making it look like grapefruit juice. Makes it look like the, the, the grapefruit juice. Yeah. Uh, I would like to point out, I, I have a little story about, about, about my drinking this week, but I would like to point out that the blankets are still in the corner still there. of your office. Yep. <laughs> yep. Got the blankets still there. Yeah. No, there's, no, there's now a, there's now a pillow. There's there. a pillow on top. Yeah. I, yeah, I appreciate I appreciate I appreciate your commitment to this bit at this point. So but so like today, what's today? Today's Friday, our favorite day of the yeah. week. Everybody's uh, when, yesterday, either yesterday, Thursday or, or Wednesday. I can't remember. Could be the drinking. Uh, so the, so my my uh, insurance health insurance, they said, hey, we'll give you a, a gift card. We'll give you a hundred dollar gift card if these people can come to your house and do a, a health assessment, right? Cause mm. I'm not, I'm not particularly diligent about getting physicals. So they probably, you know, they want to spend the money sending people to my house preventatively. Cause that's probably less expensive than all of the irreparable damage I'm doing <laughs> to my body that they're going to have to pay for later. <laughs> yeah. So they ask me, you know, they do the whole health, health assessment and they're asking me about all of this stuff. And one of the questions is, uh, are you a drinker? I, look over at my fully stocked bar cart, which is in direct view of where they are sitting. And I said, yeah, they asked me how much and I'm honest with them. <laughs> they had the nerve to tell me I should probably pay attention to my drinking. <laughs> I'm paying plenty gall, of attention. I'm remembering to gall. drink. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that wasn't how they phrased it exactly. Um, but yeah, these these medical professionals had the absolute nerve and gall to come in my home and tell me I probably drink too much. <laughs> it's one thing Not to be at their place. anybody, but like you anticipate that at at a doctor's office, right? Like that just kind of comes. But in your house, inside the of the bar, go away. The nerve, the absolute nerve. You yeah. Know, next time, I'm not going to be so honest. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's are you a drinker not 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 really yeah not, that's not, those are really. that, those are all just colored waters aren't you drinking presently as you're doing this health <laughs> assessment you know what stay out of my goddamn business first of all i've invited you in my home <laughs> you got to be careful though man given the news surrounding the nba right now uh about accepting money for 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 medical services right like <laughs> good point actually i should I probably i should probably decline the hundred dollar <laughs> visa i think it is gift card they're gonna send me in eight my, to twelve weeks my jaws when trevor uh, you know, ariza comes back i'm gonna get this 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 visa gift card my my jaw's a little sore because i just had my third root canal uh, of the day <laughs> and <laughs> like did Allen. you go to the same place i did on the same day <laughs> yeah. that was one of the more bizarre and like 
I know it's serious and like healthcare and all that. Like you got to be careful when you're, when you're talking about healthcare and, and especially former athletes getting duped and, and, and stuff like that, or trying to do the duping, but I could not stop laughing. I like, I could not stop laughing. The more that I thought about it, Chris Douglas Roberts walking in, I know it's his legal name, but still walking in and making sure that Supreme Bay is on the yeah. indictment. Form. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, not, not great. You know, you know what the part of this that is the most unsavory for me, like it is pretty hilarious, but the part that's most unsavory is that the current players uh, mm-hmm. just a few years back, like had to fight and negotiate to get this money for the retired guys. Right. And the retired mm-hmm. guys are just, it, it, it is a, it is a fraternity. It is a brotherhood of all the guys that have played in the NBA. So to like take advantage of that and to possibly have to do real jail time over like yeah. 200 grand is right. like, does not, I just, it is unsavory. All of it. Open runs in that prison are going to be pretty lit though. Like those are going to be. Oh yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but I saw it on Twitter. They posted the, uh, you know, the list of, of, uh, all the defendants, you know, with the Supreme Bay, <laughs> yeah. with all the names. And so, and I was like, somebody said on Twitter, they were like, I think this is like a 23 win team in the NBA right now. <laughs> They're definitely better than OKC. But, yeah. And, and Houston probably. Right. Cause I mean, just cause they would probably theoretically be trying. <laughs> so the, the Lakers gave up the the LA defenders names. So could, do you think these guys can mm. can be the LA defendants? Like can mm. they? Be, mm. like, <laughs> That's not bad. That is not bad at all. This isn't that. This isn't even where we plan to start the show. No, like, this no. was just. Off We're the just going to talk about this for an hour. Just <laughs> we just do puns on puns on this pending court case and all of these guys are uh, they've allegedly done something wrong let's get that in there allegedly yes, so now we can make we... fun of it now yeah. we can make fun of them uh without <laughs> getting in trouble but yeah i think we just do puns on on this for the next hour yeah i mean hang tight everybody this is going to be the entirety of the show um actually what we're going to talk about so Kyrie Irving has missed his first game officially because of the uh, COVID mandate. And now Mark Stein is reporting that while a deal for a a Kyrie and Simmons swap isn't close, that, you know, the fact that we are now discussing it and that he feels comfortable putting it in a publication or his in his Substack is is kind of interesting. We're also from the first week of uh, preseason starting to see some of these teams develop identities one of which is the Warriors, as they've just decided, you know what? We're just going to shoot like 73s a game. (laughs) And you know what? I'm here for it. I want to see that. I want to see what that looks like. Um, And then we're going to introduce a new segment. No story time this week, but we are. Well, we'll see at the end of the show, given how much time we have. But uh, we're going to introduce the stock market game. The uh, NBA.com GM survey came out. It had some interesting responses. And we are going to say that that is setting the market for all of these teams or players or whatever. And we are now going to say, hey, if this is the current price for a team or a player, would you be buying or selling? And uh, and it, it, whether we see some value there. So really fun show uh, in store for you guys here. Starting it off the cuff or starting it off here with, with Kyrie Irving, missing a practice, missing a game. And the quotes from the Nets are starting to get a little touchy. It feels like, you know. No, we don't plan on moving practices so that Kyrie Irving can can practice with us. Kevin Durant saying like, yeah, I hope that eventually he gets this figured out. Um, do you think as 
the season goes along, something will give here in regards to either Kyrie doing what is better for society and also his team, or, or do you think he'll be so stubborn on this that they might lose him out? And then <laughs> what do you even do with the whole Simmons Kyrie stuff? Yeah. So <laughs> let me say this. I, um, you can figure out my stance on the, this whole thing by what I'm going to tell you, but I'm not going to say I got the vaccine as soon as it was available to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also last week got the booster. So that should, that should indicate to you what my personal feelings on it are. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, I do understand that it is a personal choice. It is also a personal choice that impacts the lives of everyone that you come in contact with and everyone mm-hmm. that they come in contact with and everyone that they come in contact with. Um, so I think the interesting part about this is I don't think this ends anytime soon. Um, yeah, I think I'm because with you. I, because if, if, if um, losing whatever, whatever, you know, money he would be out from missing half of, of the games, uh, half all the home games at this point, um, if that wasn't an inducement and being there for your team isn't an inducement as one or both of those factors seem to have been for Andrew Wiggins, um, I don't know what is coming down the pike that is going to change Kyrie's mind. And to be fair, it is his choice. As I said, it's a choice that impacts everyone else. And um, I don't I don't know what new information he's going to get or, or what new inducement he's going to have. If he hasn't yet, I don't know what is going to make him. So I don't suspect that he will anytime soon. I hope he does get the vaccine. Um, not just for a basketball reason. Right. Exactly. Yeah, like, um, I want I want I want covid behind us. Like that's the whole point here. <laughs> correct. Um, but but you're right about the what has changed. Um you know, a media day, of course, Kevin Durant was asked all of those questions and um, did more of the uh, political answer. And I don't mean political, like politicized. Yeah. I mean, political, like politician. I'm not going to say anything. You know, that's his choice kind of mm-hmm. answer. Um, and then more recently, as you just indicated, it ha- the tone of that from the organization has changed. Uh, Joe yeah. Sy, the owner, has said he wants everybody there and hopes everybody is available to the team. Um I cut the checks. Seem, <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't agree. seem like it doesn't agree. seem like it doesn't seem like Kyrie cares. Well, that's not fair. It doesn't seem like any pressure from even within the organization or even from Kevin Durant, who is, you know, his good friend. Um, it doesn't seem like that is going to make the decision for him or is going to change his mindset on it. So I don't see any difference. I and the question I think becomes do the Nets give him a, a drop dead date to say you're either in or you're out. Um, it is your choice, but like as a team and for team building purposes and for continuity and for, um, you know, companionship and, and unification and all that, we need to know if you're in or out. Yeah. Um, can the Nets win without him? Yes. Are the Nets better with him? Yes. But I think there's an argument to be made that the Nets may be better off without him than, than with him sometimes um, because building continuity is, is such an important thing. And if there isn't a resolution to this, um, then 
and Steve Nash and Kevin Durant and James Harden, et cetera, are going to get asked every single game. Yeah. He Especially can't practice. Games he, he can't play game, right? Like they're just going to get asked over and over and over. And I wonder if there becomes a point where Kevin Durant just says, I'm sick of this shit, right? Yeah. Like just get rid of this dude and not, not get rid of him, trade him necessarily, maybe, but not necessarily, but just the team may need to, at some point say, you know, we are sending Kyrie home, not even, not even for like medical reasons. We don't want to be around him. We're worried about not even for that. Just so it is no longer a distraction for a team that we'll talk about this later when we get into GM survey stuff for a team that is widely considered the prohibitive and overwhelming favorite. Yeah. Maybe it behooves them to just say, look, Kyrie, we need to know if you are in or out by whatever date they choose, but we're not dealing with this all year. We're not like, it is not fair to Kevin Durant to have him force him to have to answer these questions every single game. We're sending you home period. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, the most annoying response I get every time that either I discuss Kyrie Irving on a show or I tweet about it because there's some new rumor or whatever. Um, the most annoying response that I get is like Kyrie Irving doesn't owe anybody anything. And it's like, I, I don't know if you've seen the good place, you know, but the, the, the premise of the show or one of the key questions that, that they ask or one of the main characters ask is like, what do we owe to each other? You know, mm -hmm. what do we like, what are we doing here if we aren't trying to work together to make the world a better place? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, like, otherwise, like that's just nihilism, right? Like, otherwise I'm just, you know, I'm just here. I was born. So we're, we're getting we're getting the dictionary out for for uh, this this early on a Friday morning. We're... Okay, <laughs> I think it's a grenadine. Um, but, but, so, <laughs> but like, but like the, the, this notion that Kyrie, not only from a team point stand, you know, like from a standpoint of of the team and what he owes his teammates and the organization and the fact that they could win a championship this year, like not even sports related, but. I don't want to live in a world where we don't owe each other anything like that's wild. I just can't, I can't, I can't process that. And then, yeah, somebody... and you know, what's so what's what's interesting to interrupt. You know, what's really yeah. interesting about that is. Um, okay. So I believe very strongly. You can see this on, on my Twitter. I tweet very often. Uh, the question remains, what have you done for someone else today? So I live my life for other people. I recognize not everybody does that. Okay, right? We all have. But Kyrie seems to. Kyrie seems that, to. Like all of the yeah. great, he does so many great things he really that don't does. even get publicized that people in the NBA know about. Some stuff does get publicized and everybody mm -hmm. knows about it. But Kyrie does so much good for the world and for humanity and impacts the lives of so many people in very positive ways. Um, and yet this, yeah, this, this is his line in the sand. This is, this is what, what I find interesting. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I had Chris Herring on the, uh, on my show a couple mm -hmm. days ago. Yeah, it was really good. And, um, yeah, he wrote a really good article on for, for, for sports illustrated about it. And he mentioned that stuff too. And, and, you know, I thought about, I thought more about what he said on the show and then his article and, and this, this aspect of it. And I, I keep landing at the place where, because Kyrie does seem to legitimately care about some things affecting other people, right? Like he does good things for other people. He's mm -hmm. not an inherently selfish dude, I don't think. Uh, and I, I think for this guy to 
and he's admitted, you know, after the flat earth stuff, he, he came out and said, I realize I have a platform. I have to be more careful about the things that I say. Right. Right. So if we're going to take all of those actions and statements and combine them, and let's say that he is so passionate about uh, his distrust of modern medicine, that he thinks that he getting the vaccine puts him in danger and puts other people getting the vaccine in danger. If he is that passionate about it, he can't also take the stance of uh, please respect my privacy, right? Because if, if he thinks he has stumbled upon something that helps the common man that, or, or if he thinks he is a nurse, some bit of information that this COVID vaccine has put uh, might put other people in danger. Sure. Then if you care about right. your common man, you have to like, you have to speak up on it. Right. And, and sure. And, and, and like if and and so if he if he does that, then a we know where he's coming from and b his teammates and, and the people that he's letting down on a more direct level know where he's coming from. And then c we can start working towards. All right. Well, here is this information that refutes what you're talking about right now. Sure. You know, and there and, can be and like, theoretically a more educated discussion on it. Right. And even if he doesn't do that publicly, I would hope that at some point he has a conversation with his with his team, with the organization, with people around him who he is putting at risk by not getting the vaccine. Like, hey, this is what I found. And. What, <laughs> you know, it like, it's, yeah. it's just it's just so tough for me to see him like be not just selfish in this one but also inconsistent with his prior statements and actions i mean look the, the the whole like distrust of modern medicine thing just doesn't uh, like that just doesn't hold water i mean yeah. like he's got surgeries correct right as have i right <laughs> yeah. i've had a i've had a million surgeries as has he i go to sleep when they when i have a surgery and i don't know what they do when and then i wake up and i hope i'm i hope they fixed it yeah they also inject me with stuff when I, mm -hmm. when I have a surgery, I have no idea what they're putting in there. And, and I'm, I'm going to make an assumption here, but neither does Kyrie. What, what are they putting in there to make you go to sleep? You don't know. Right. right. And you don't have the wherewithal. Kyrie's a smart dude, but you don't have the medical background. Right. Or the, like the wherewithal or the scientific understanding to have to do your own research and to have any idea if you did know what was in it. Right. Um, so that that just doesn't like on its face just doesn't hold water for me. I will say again, I am understanding of people that look like me being mm -hmm. distrustful of we talked about government that. I agree. and modern medicine. I understand that, um, but it's not good enough. Yeah, in my opinion, it, it's just it's just not good enough. And like, so here you ready? Well, I'm, I'm going to lighten this up for a second. Are, are you yeah. ready for like a little? Well, two conspiracy things. One is not lighter. My guess is. Because uh, I don't understand these exemptions, right? The city of Los Angeles, New York, Dude, I, and San Francisco don't understand don't any exemptions for for visitors, um, yeah. other than they were going to have to cancel a million shows and the Chase Center and Barclays and mm -hmm. MSG, etc. We're going to lose a whole lot of revenue for that. So I do understand that part of it, um, but like literally, I do not understand. Like I, I don't think there's a scientific leg to stand on. Other than we, they just recognized what that would do to revenue. But I am wondering if one of the avenues that Kyrie is exploring is because he doesn't technically live in New York. Uh, he lives in New Jersey. 
if he's working on trying to get a loophole exemption um, for that. Like, yeah, perhaps he's a visitor also because he doesn't technically live in the city of New York. He lives he lives in New Jersey. I don't think it's going to work, but I wonder if that is kind of the last um, ditch effort that he is exploring. Kind of much like uh, Andrew Wiggins trying to get a religious exemption. I don't think Kyrie has filed for a religious exemption either with the the city or with the NBA, at least as of now, um, mm-hmm. didn't work for Wiggins. So I wonder if he's, if he's trying that and to, to lighten this up a little bit and bring it back to the Lakers again, saw this on Twitter. So I can't take complete credit for it. Actually, maybe it was on Reddit actually. So I can't take complete credit for it, but somebody had a really fascinating idea. And I'll bring this back to the Lakers because this is a Lakers feed. Mm-hmm. Let's say that this, let's say that it is Lakers nets in the finals. Um, mm-hmm. as, as, uh, is predicted, right. That's, and we'll get into the GM survey survey later, but the, the nets are absolutely the favorites in the East and the Lakers are, are the favorites in the West. If you are the Lakers and it's coming towards the end of the season, do you really want to have home court advantage? Do you want to have a better <laughs> record than the nets? Maybe, maybe I'd rather, yeah. maybe I'd rather play. Maybe I'd rather play four games in Barclays. Yeah. Yes, there's the fans and, and all of that, but um, that would eliminate Kyrie for one more game as it stands now. Yeah. Do you I mean, want, do you want to like, do you want, is that really home court advantage in that case? I, I would, I would, I, I like where the thought is at. I like the, I like the, uh, the cleverness there. I'll say this though, Patty Mills always kills the Lakers. That's so, fair. Like, that is fair. Like, that is fair. That is, that whether, is fair. Whether, whether Kyrie doesn't play or not, Patty Mills is like a freaking Lakers killer. He's one of those random role players that you just for whatever reason get you. Tim Thomas was that. You have you have yeah. Patty Mills yeah. now. And yeah. yeah, it's just it's yeah. just well, basically every small point guard, small quick point guard for the entirety of my life has as given the Lakers uh, headaches, including Ramon Sessions, when the Lakers acquired Ramon Sessions. uh, (laughs) (laughs) He gave gave the Lakers problems on the Lakers roster. (laughs) He was a good player before that, too. (laughs) Dude, I thought he was the key. I thought thought he was going to change the the dynamic of that season. Um, I mean, I personally want want the four games at Staples Center because that's just like one more excuse for me to drink Hennessy and Sincoro and <laughs> wander around aimlessly yeah. and stumble around and celebrate hopefully confetti dropping. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought that was kind of fascinating. And I think yeah. the other part of it is like, I think other teams exactly. are legitimately thinking about it. Like I, I we don't, really honestly think they are. And I, I think I, I, if I were Brooklyn, I would do whatever I could do to avoid the Raptors. I mean, mm-hmm. like the Raptors were awful last year, but I think the Raptors are going to be, significantly better this year mm-hmm. i don't want any part of the raptors because we don't like canada Kyrie may not even be able to go to canada at all right so that yeah. he could miss all seven of those potential games so mm-hmm. i wouldn't want any part of and and by the way i mean it is ridiculous to talk about but nba teams are thinking along those lines they have it to is be in yeah you i mean you are playing out every eventuality yeah uh, every possibility in this scenario so nba teams think of these kind of things yeah i I would be bummed if they didn't. Like I'd be annoyed. I I would be in the room. Hey guys, just you know, a possibility here. Read this on Reddit. <laughs> Kobe fan two four seven said that it might be an advantage. You know, like <laughs> that would be yeah, me. So that was like like second favorite Reddit post ever. There was one a few years back that asked like on uh, the Warriors Reddit, is there any rule that prevents the Warriors basically just stocking their team with? 
offensive linemen and having four offensive linemen <laughs> hold hands and form a box around Steph Curry and letting him shoot. <laughs> that isn't that far from the approach that they're taking. I think this year shooting, I think the first preseason game, they shot 69 three pointers. Nice. They and then, indeed. and then uh, in the following one and in the one after that, I think they were at or near 46. 60. No, it was 40. Yeah. 46, 50. 46 yeah. in the, uh, the Denver game. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, slow night there for yeah, the exactly. Golden State Warriors. Um, but look, I think for me, one thing that you, one piece of, of valuable information that you can get from the preseason is what's our, ident- what's the identity of this team going to be? What are we going to look like? What are the focus points that we have here? How is this all going to work? And for the Warriors, they have figured out, all right, we are just going to shoot and shoot and shoot some more. And then when Clay gets there, we are really just going to shoot and shoot some more. Um, do you think, A, do you think this is a viable th- uh, approach to the season? And then B, you know, like, it, why hasn't why haven't they done this yet like what what took so long yeah you know what's fascinating yes is like the simple answer is yes i do <laughs> think it is a viable approach to the season i don't know um why they haven't done this before they were kind of on the forefront of the they weren't kind of they were the forefront of the three-point revolution mm-hmm. and then uh daryl Morey and those rockets teams kind of you know took it up a notch or two yeah Interestingly enough, those Rockets teams who had really good slash great shooters weren't able to beat those Warriors teams. The Warriors used all of those three pointers um, as a way, like quiet as it's kept, as a way to unlock because they didn't have any post guys that were any good. Right. So they used it as a way to unlock um, like slip screens, cuts to the basket, and they got dunks out of all of that craziness. But it was more of a like read and react kind of system that that Steve Kerr prefers. He Steve Kerr is the reason why they haven't done it until now because mm-hmm. it is not his preferred um, way to play basketball. He wants the beautiful game stuff, the read and react, um, all of the off ball movement, which you're still going to get. But I think last year taught Steve Kerr, who is very look all NBA coaches are stubborn. Steve Kerr is very very stubborn, even mm-hmm. like among NBA coaches. So. I think that last year taught Steve Kerr some things. The Warriors finished 15 and five playing small. They, they had to play small. They were forced to play small, but it worked. Um, and, and Steph Curry obviously had that like torrid end to the season. Um, and they, they leaned into it with, with, um, with in team building, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, with Otto Porter Jr. Who is, I think of guys, his size or bigger. He is the third best three point shooter in the history of planet earth. Um, and then Nemanja Bjelica. I can't believe obviously. they got him on on freaking a minimum. Minimum. Yeah, I mean, what? I mean, he's barely played in the last two years because he's been hurt and like out of yeah. shape. He looks really good so far. Yeah. Um, but and and as we'll talk about here in a second with the Lakers. Um, yes, I do think that this is sustainable for the Warriors, and I think also because the Warriors, uh, because in the first two preseason games, Steve Kerr basically just didn't play the young guys and just said we're leaning into playing small. We're leaning into playing fast. We're leaning into playing veterans. Um, and we are now finally chasing wins. As he famously said, we are not chasing wins last year. Um, so I, my expectations for the warriors have risen some, um, but the concern is, and this is where I will tie it to the Lakers. We, we said we were going to get into, and I just said a second mm-hmm. ago that 
the Warriors were fifth in defense last year and the guys that they have, have brought in, there is a, and some of the guys that they have lost, including Ubre, who was a horrific offensive player for the Warriors last year and just didn't mm-hmm. fit God in steps away all the time. And also Kent Bazemore, who is, who is now a Laker. That is, was a lot of their defensive ball pressure mm-hmm. um, at point of attack defense. Um, so, and the, the, the Warriors were fifth in defense last year. So, Yes, I think the Warriors are going to have a big slash very big uptick in offense, but they are kind of relying now. And Andrew Wiggins is a good defensive player, um, maybe even very good. But um, if they're going to play small, they're going to get killed on the glass as they did last year. And are they able to not slip so much in defense that this nice uptick that they're going to have in offense makes them, you know, a three seed or a four seed yeah. or, or somewhere in, in that neighborhood. And they're kind of the Warriors have for years kind of bet on like, we have Steph Curry. So we'll have kind of a good offense, no matter what we do. Yep. Now you're kind of challenging the, we have Draymond green. So we're going to have a good defense, no matter what we do. Cause mm-hmm. Jordan Poole, who maybe may win six man of the year may win most improved player and has been an absolute flamethrower so far um, mm-hmm. in the preseason like a Steph and Jordan Poole starting backcourt, you're not going to like, you're just not going to guard not play much defense. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to guard anybody on the perimeter yeah. at least. So yeah. that is asking a lot of, of, uh, of Draymond. And it looks like the offense kind of looks like the, the Utah blender, you know, let's get, let's get in the paint. Let's kick for an open three, make mm-hmm. the defense scramble, swing, swing, swing. And like somebody's getting an open three. It's what it's what Utah has done for the last couple of years so successfully and taken a million threes. But because they have been so uh, tied to that offensive system, they have kind of just said, hey, guess what, uh, Rudy Gobert, you you make a solvent defensively. Yeah. And that has really been a problem in the playoffs. So are the Warriors leaning too much into like, we're going to shoot a million threes. We're going to like, good luck keeping up with this. And we've got Draymond. So like, mm, like, is, yeah. is it kind of a, a, a regular season thing? And then in the playoffs, the defense just isn't good enough. It's interesting. Cause for the postseason for me, I think there, there I'm of two minds on one hand, I think, the better that your your best pitch can be, the most dominant that your best pitch can be is the way to win in the postseason. But also, like, it, have we reached a point in the NBA where these guys are so talented that they are going to hit that best pitch no matter what? Like, there's a, eventually a team might figure out that, that best pitch and will eventually be able to counter it. Like, the Golden State Warriors' best pitch when they had Kevin Durant, that was untouchable. That was the the, the best best pitch that I've ever seen. There is, there is no, they were the best team ever. Yeah. That's the best team I've ever seen. And, and in a league that doesn't have Shaq, like there isn't a counter for that. I don't think. And, and so, however, this team isn't going to be that kind of good. No, they don't have that talent. They they don't, they, yeah. And so like, do you, do you focus on making your, your best pitch or your, your, your hardest punch unblockable and hittable, whatever, or do you try to, also work on some versatility just in case that first pitch eventually gets touched up. And I think, you know, for the, for the Warriors, the way that they built their team this year, I think they've more focused on, you know what, this is just who we are. If a team beats us with us, at, you know, beats us with our own identity uh, or, or their identity is stronger or their, their ability to execute on their identity is stronger. Then 
Kesara Sara, but but I think yeah. you know I, it's it's in, it's fascinating to see these teams kind of because the Lakers went the other way. I think the Lakers, you know, I I think they've really focused on all right. Here's punch counterpunch, punch counterpunch, punch counterpunch with okay, we still have the LeBron James haymaker at the end of the day, but we still want to be able to match, you know, go toe-to-toe with whatever approach these teams take at trying to knock us off, too. And I I, 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 I like the, the, the Lakers' approach to that, too, even though I have some questions about the way that they executed it. I mean, yeah, so, so I think the, um, the, the playoffs are about, like, versatility mm-hmm. because once once – teams can scout you and have a chance to, you know, really focus in on what you do offensively or defensively. Yeah. Um, if like it's, it can be hard to come up with answers if you don't have options. So, I mean, I, I like the Warriors don't have, they're not going to score in the post. They just aren't. However, mm-hmm. because they don't have those guys, right. There, there's nobody on the Warriors you're going to throw the ball to who's going to, you know, be standing a few feet from the basket and is going to get you a bucket to provide versatility to the offense. However, the Warriors did lead the NBA in dunks last year because everybody is so afraid of Steph um, and he draws so much attention and all the like slip cuts and little things like that, that just lead to dunks. Um, so that I think the Warriors would say that is, you know, we're not just a three point shooting team, but the more we lean into the three point shooting and the more we lean into Steph, the more easy buckets he's going to get for everybody else around the rim. Um, as it relates to the Lakers, the Lakers kind of zigged when everybody else zagged a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. were just like so physically imposing and dominant. Um, it won them the title largely and their identity under Vogel has, has been defense and will be defense last year, even without with AD and LeBron, their two best defensive players, probably missing, you know, large portions of the season, including together, the Lakers still finished number one in the NBA in defense. Alex Caruso should have won defensive player of the year. There I said it. Alex Caruso is a really good defensive player. However, like <laughs> perimeter defense, look, Alex Caruso is a really, really good defensive yeah, player. Yeah, absolutely. However, yeah. like the value of a perimeter defender is only so much. Mm-hmm. Like um, big guys matter a lot more defensively. Small guys matter a lot more offensively. Um, but mm. that is the, that is like the that like begs the question. The Lakers signed a bunch of guys to a kind of go back to that we are bigger faster strong russ is a big point guard he is physically imposing he's still lightning quick and mm-hmm. uh, nobody can stay in front of him and he's just like a physical marvel lebron mm-hmm. still ad obviously still but then dwight and and uh and dj are just monsters right mm-hmm. so it seemed like the lakers were kind of going back to that but on all of the other signings all of the which and i i think they were really good signings i think palinka under the circumstances, you know, like what put the Russ thing aside, but after Russ, I think he gets an A plus mm. like all of the guys that he was able to get um, at the minimum, like you're not going to do much better than that. Everybody said you need spacing and, and shooting around um, Russ and AD and LeBron. Okay. Well, for the, for the minimum feed and then none at the taxpayer mid level, you're not going to do better than that. But, I would have preferred, I would have preferred like one more wing instead of, one of the 37 combo guards that they have. Okay. Yeah. I mean, especially now that, that uh, Trevor mm-hmm. Reese is hurt. Okay. But then I guess my, my question would be who, because like those guys, the big wings and wings that can play 
that can guard other wings that are primary ball handlers and, you know, can play a little bit offensively. Like yeah. those guys don't make the minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, Rudy so Gay those... is my answer. Like if you're, if you're asking who, like I, I would have used the full uh, taxpayer okay. mid-level on, on Rudy. Fair, fair. Rudy Gay is also a disaster defensively. Mm-hmm. And which ties into the, like the guys that were brought in are other than Bazemore, who kind of has a two-way reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of them are just offensive guys, right? Carmelo's not guarding yeah. anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Kendrick Nunn, eh, Monk's not guarding anybody. Like, right. Yeah. So I guess that is the question. And it, it's hard to see based on just the, the two games. And, and tonight uh, we will hopefully see more Lakers and Warriors play tonight, but like, Russ and, and LeBron haven't played yet. So yeah. do the Lakers look like they have an identity? No, not yet. Yeah. Um, is their identity still going to be, we're just going to like choke the life out of you on defense. As I think Vogel think is maybe the best coach in the league at, or one of the best coaches in the league and always hangs his hat on that. I don't know because they've lost a lot of defensive talent. However, mm-hmm. I'm not ready to say no, because we haven't seen, LeBron and, and Russ yet. So we don't really have any idea what this is going to look like. Yeah. I, I think for, for the Lakers and the identity that they're going to have, it's, it's one of the more interesting subplots of the season is like, this is what Vogel has always hung his hat on, right? He's, he is first, second, third, fourth, a defensive coach. Like that, mm-hmm. that is his focus. Mm-hmm. And he's I, like you said, I agree with you. I think he is the best defensive coach in the NBA. However, this is not a defensive roster and this is not the kind of team that you're going to be great defensively and then get out and transition and, 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 and take care of teams that way. Like, I think you I are mean, maybe, have, maybe, Oh, well, I don't know. I, I just, I can't see a team with this many, you know, versions of Jamal Crawford on it being good. Defensive. <laughs> Jamal Crawford is one of my favorite guys around. You better, he not, is, he is, better leave he, him alone. He, he's totally you better I, leave my man. JC alone. He's, he's also one of the worst defensive players I've ever seen. So like <laughs> his focus was not he was a bucket. Like he was a bucket. His focus was rarely yeah. on getting <laughs> stops. <laughs> I will say that, but like, <laughs> but like, you see my point though, right? Like I'm but saying, if, but, I'm if, saying... but, about, but if LeBron with, mm-hmm. with Vogel, mm-hmm. if LeBron and AD are engaged in care, like that is a baseline of defensive talent and knowledge, know-how, acumen that can get you pretty good well, on defense. Can I AD, ask you this, AD may be the best defensive player in the league. Do you want the Lakers playing as hard as they'll have to play on a night-by-night basis to be that good defensively? Because I don't know if I do. I would rather them focus on offense where they can – where they, they have they, – the way that the team is built – they have the talent offensively to overwhelm teams that way. And I don't think yes. it's going to be as taxing on a night by night basis uh, as it would be to, to try to fit the square peg in the round hole here. So I think, I think that's a fair question. Um, and my answer is not for the whole season, mm-hmm. but yes, generally yes, because um, defense is about continuity and about effort like you can be so good individually on offense that like you can just get buckets right mm-hmm. offenses can survive disjointed and defenses cannot survive disjointed mm-hmm. um because like if one dude it's yeah we, we've been talking about offensive linemen in football all the time like 
right? In football, if one guy misses a block, like the whole thing is dead, right? An offensive lineman just falls down, misses a block, your quarterback's done, right? Yeah. In on offense in the NBA, like one or two guys can mess the assignment up and somebody Mm -hmm. else can just go get buckets. Especially if you have LeBron and AD. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Yeah. And Russ to a certain extent, if he's getting in the, if he's getting to the rim. Mm -hmm. But on defense, if somebody just blows their assignment, like the other team's getting a layup or a dunk or a wide open three. So defense requires everybody. And because these, because there are 11 new players on the Lakers, um, I think they do need to show that effort on defense just to build the continuity and to build the habits of the repetition on defense that is going to be necessary when there are problems in the playoffs, when there's adversity in the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it is taxing and yes, maybe not the entire season, but yeah, I do want them to play hard on defense because they're going to need something to fall back on. Yeah. Um, Well, no, I, I agree. I agree. Like if, if they play the the nets and just try to outscore the nets, that's not going to work. They aren't, they aren't built as explosively as the nets are Mm-mm. so in that sense like yeah you want them again it's just about it's it's just like i'm going golfing tomorrow i cannot wait to go golfing tomorrow are you any good and am i good yeah i'm all right you know but like i'm, I'm usually in the 80s oh that know? seems i mean i'm not much of a right. golfer but that seems damn good i'm all right and you know shockingly enough i just go to like drink and talk to the cart girl on the turn oh Shocking. i mean it's the only well, reason minus i the cart girl part but yeah of course, I, this, is the, this is a recorded oh, conversation course. sir yes of course yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, F- the fbi officer listening right now <laughs> i i focus solely on golf yeah um but no like i i go there i i have a good time too like i here's the thing about golf if you're paying to golf and not getting paid to golf you're not probably you're you're not good at golf like, like that's not- yeah, I don't know. It just seems like I'm well, because I'm so bad and I'm so yeah. competitive. It's frustrating to me. So it seems like a miserable experience. Like, why do I, why am I giving you 160 bucks for me to be miserable for four hours? I don't all understand right. well, this. You got to just go to the range and you can do all the things that you do on the range as you do on a golf course. You can drink and you can do all that. You can even like, you can listen to music and your headphones and it's not as competitive <laughs> and you get better. Like, I, you know, I, I, I'm a big golf uh, driving range guy. We but- are, and we are, however, missing one key component to this. Mm-hmm. Do they have, and I, this is, I hope this doesn't sound misogynistic, but this is what they're called, right? Do they have cart girls at the range? Yeah. Oh no. They do well not. then. Yeah. Top golf does. Which I is do. Top- I do like top golf. Top, I've been top, to Top Golf. Tw- I've been to Top Golf like two or three times. I've never actually played, but I like going to Top Golf. And there's, out. <laughs> there's, a, there's one 20 minutes from me. So if you ever come out and visit, we'll, we'll hit up Top Golf. We can do that. I saw um, the day. I saw uh, we're way afield here, but go U.S. Men's National Team who who uh, won the World Cup qualifier yesterday against Jamaica. They, there's a new stadium right by you. Yeah. 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 Austin's blowing up. I mean, it's wild. I'm glad I bought when I did. Is is all I'm going to say on the subject. Yeah, cheers but, to you. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, the reason I, I mentioned golf though, is because when you're out there on the course, you want to be able to have as many shots in the bag as you can, right? Like you mm-hmm. can, if, it, if, if you have to hit a knockdown four iron you, to keep it out of the wind, especially out here where there's nothing to block the wind, then you got to be able to fig, you know, figure out a way to teach yourself that shot. If you are, you know, if you, if you're playing on a course that has a ton of elevation and, and, and elevation changes, you have to be able to be able to, to manage ball flight and and all of those things. And, and I think for the Lakers and, and this is, this is where, you know, it kind of brings us full circle to the idea 
of identity and best pitch and all that stuff. Um, the Lakers, I think, are more versatile than Brooklyn, but they aren't as explode. They don't have as 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 imposing a, a a best pitch as Brooklyn has. Brooklyn's offense is just incredible. When you think about all the spacing that they're going well, to have, that, but that also that also ties to my Kyrie question. Who, yeah. who fucking knows? I have no idea. So, but but yeah, I think I uh, one thing that you know, and and, and it's it's I, I don't think we should put really any stock in preseason games that the Lakers are playing so far without LeBron, without Russ. Um, that said, I think Malik Monk is going to retire his Lakers Jersey one day, but I, I think <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right up there next to Powell, huh? It would be like, it would be like Bryant Powell Monk bang, you know, <laughs> before LeBron, I guess is what we're doing. <laughs> I, I, it but, might be, but, it might be, it might be two James up in that rafter. We gotta see what Bronny's talking about. He should, he should just see how many jersey numbers he can wear before the, and and see how many they retire. Let's just see. Just let's get ridiculous. But, but yeah, I think for for the Lakers over the he's last... gonna have his he's gonna have his jersey retired three places. By the way, mm-hmm. that had, I I'm sure that's never happened before. No, Michael has it in two places unofficially in in three right because he wore 23 with the wizards uh he did wear 23 with the wizards so i don't think anybody is wearing 23 for the wizards i don't know i wonder if it's in charlotte they should probably take 23 from everybody like they jackie robinson jackie robinson in baseball they should just take that away from everybody the miami heat retired his jersey (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying yeah but he wore six there but yeah i mean the, the difference though is that like i don't think michael did as much societally as, as Jackie did, you know, but in terms of like, I, what he did, I don't think that's arguable. <laughs> right. By the I, way. I don't think that's a hot. <laughs> right. Take. Well, like that's why Jackie's number is retired everywhere is what he did. I, yes, for society. I, yes, yes. Michael did a ton for the sport. I don't think he, you know, it's, it's not arguable that he did that much for, for society. Um, everybody wise shoes, you know? And so, um, but I, I think for, for the Lakers here and, you know, it's, it's, cool that they're playing the Warriors tonight as we record this. I'm really interested in we are learning. I think we've already learned some stuff. They Their offense looks more intricate this season than it did last season. More options on the sets that they're running. They look more interested in actually more dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And so like that tells me maybe just maybe this is a bit of an identity shift. And that's that would I think it's the right call if that's the direction that they go in. It's just a matter of like you don't want to lose everything that made you elite in the right. first place. Well, and the game is shifting more offensive. Yeah. Um, every coach wants to be defense first, defense first, defense first. Yeah. But in the NBA now, offense matters more than defense. It just does. Right. Yeah. And the teams that win are the better offensive teams, not the better yeah. defensive teams. The Lakers were the outlier a couple of years ago. Like that's, they were the outlier. Um, yeah. And I, I think the, <laughs> And we, we, you know, earlier I was talking about how the Warriors are just kind of have relied on Steph and saying, yeah, we've got Steph, so we've got an offense and we've got Draymond, so we've got a defense. Maybe part of this is uh, a bet that Rob Palinka and Jeannie and the Lakers brain trust and, and even and LeBron and AD have made on Coach Vogel, right? Mm-hmm. Coach Vogel is an elite defensive coach, elite. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe this is a, a bet on like, yeah, we did get guys that are more talented offensively and less aren't as good, aren't as accomplished defensively as we've had 
previously, right? You know, KCP was a good defensive player, obviously. Alex Caruso, Danny Green's a good, you know, and those guys aren't around anymore, even Lonzo for that matter. Yeah. So maybe it is just, I, I th- in fact, I think it is kind of just a bet of confidence, a vote of confidence in Coach Vogel saying, like, the pieces may not be as good as they've been in the past, but we still have LeBron and we still have AD. So Coach can figure, Vogel yeah. can figure something out out of this. I'm not, I'm not uh, expecting a response here. We'll just move on after I make this point. But if that is going to be part of your identity and that's the gamble that you're making, you probably got to give them more than a one-year extension. Just, you know, it's my two cents on that, on that matter. Let's go ahead and move on. Hennessy is delicious. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on to uh, this GM survey. And uh, John Schulman, uh, Schumann mm-hmm. of, of NBA.com puts it together every year. It's always fascinating to see this. I will take issue with one aspect of the conversation about this. Oh, let's get it. Okay. Just in general, if you're asking GMs a question with one answer as the potential response here, right? Like who is, who will win the NBA final? I mean, as opposed to like ranking people. Yeah, it's just right. One answer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're asking them and you know, it looks like they're, you know, they, they go one, two, three, four is, is what they, they list you as. But if, if that's what you're doing there and these numbers look like, for example, I'm looking right now at, at which team will win the 2022 NBA finals, Brooklyn, 72% Lakers, 17 is the next closest answer. Um, I think what we got to, what we have to learn here is that you're talking about a, uh, if, if there's only one answer, only one top spot that you can give out, of course, the numbers are going to be a little drastic. Spots, yes, spots, but it's a it's a know? binary answer. It's yes yeah. or no, so like, one or other. Yes, right. There's, so, no, there's so no nuance to it. Correct. I saw people, you know, get a little annoyed. Like, man, that's how can the Brooklyn Nets be more than three times the favorites than the Lakers are? And it's like, well, because that's how these things work when mm-hmm. you're asking a binary thing. So I just wanted to get that off the off my chest because I think we got to improve the note. way that we talk about these things. Good note. Um, let's start there though, and like we said, we're playing stock market, right? And uh, with the Brooklyn Nets receiving 72% of the, the votes here as the team that will likely win the NBA Finals, is there another team receiving fewer votes that you would uh, be willing to put your money on? Or would you still put the money, pay the little extra to think Tesla right now is at about 700 bucks? Would you, would you buy the $700 stock? I mean, the answer is still the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are the overwhelming favorite. I think they are much less overwhelming now than they were three weeks ago because we just mm-hmm. don't know what the Kyrie situation looks like. Yes, it is a factor on the court, obviously. Kyrie is a fantastic player. But all of the surrounding stuff, noise. all of the noise, that's a good way to put it. I think that harm, I think that materially harms Brooklyn's chances. Mm-hmm. Um on the court, I think it matters also. Do I think Kyrie is going to end up playing in the finals? Probably, I guess, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. If I had to bet, like, if the Brooklyn makes the finals, will Kyrie be playing all games? Yeah, that would be my guess, but mm-hmm. I don't know. And the reason it materially impacts them on the court, obviously, he's a, he's a great player. Obviously, there's all the, the noise and distraction stuff, which I think materially harms their chances. But... He he is insurance, right? Because we saw last year he got hurt 
and yeah. Harden got Harden hurt. Got and it was basically, and then Harden came back and was kind of like hobbling around, yeah. moving even slower than normal. Mm-hmm. And KD was almost good enough to, to beat Milwaukee basically by himself. Joe Harris, shoe size I, don't, I don't know if Joe Harris has ever made a three in, in the playoffs. I don't know that he's ever hit a shot that matters. He's a great shooter, but like not when it matters. Yeah. But between uh, Kyrie and KD and Harden, like if there's all three of them, it's one more form of insurance in case one gets hurt, right? You still have the other two. So I think even more than just how good he is, the redundancy of having three superstars, stars slash superstars, as opposed to two in case one of them. And by the way, all three of them at this point have injury concerns. Harden was a tank until last year, never really got hurt. Mm -hmm. He broke down in the playoffs and wore out, but he had never really been hurt. Harden plays Mm -hmm. all the time, but like having those three guys who now all have injury concerns, having all three of them for the playoffs, I think matters. So I still think Brooklyn is the favorite. I would tick them down a little bit. Um, I think the Lakers are definitely the favorites in the West. So 17, like just based on math, this is where the binary decision comes in. But just based mm-hmm. on math, if I think they are very much the favorites in the West, like 17% seems low. And then I think the big uh, beneficiary of all this Kyrie stuff is, is Milwaukee. I, I think yeah. Milwaukee is being a little slept on. 10% seems like seems low. So, yeah. I think I think if Brooklyn loses Harden and if Kyrie doesn't play, I still think they'll they're still probably my favorite to come out of the East. Like if, if you were Harden, saying with 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 KD and yeah. the rest of the the, the only guy that guys. they cannot lose is KD. That's like period. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He's the I he for me for my money he's the best player in the NBA, which we're, we're going to talk about. I'm here in a bit. Well, let's let's go ahead and go to that. That'll be the next one. I'll, I'll scroll down and and uh, you know see the the MVP voting and and best player at his position and all that. But uh, if Kevin if Kevin Durant is healthy, I would put the Nets at least as you know they're going to face off with Milwaukee in the in the conference finals, and it'll be a close series. Um, if if Kevin Durant gets hurt, then Milwaukee becomes the the clear far and away favorite in the East. And I think the Lakers become the clear far and away favorite to win a title. I think that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, the, the, some of it is recency bias, but um, the last, you know, playoff, we, we kind of go by the last playoffs as to, to definitively answer these things. I thought LeBron was the best player in the world. Um up until that and then he wasn't completely healthy so i don't know if this is fair but mm-hmm. what kd and Giannis showed in that the playoffs wild. put basically what i'm saying is i agree with you i think kd is the best player in the world um but i thought lebron was so i i think i think there is a tier of uh lebron kd and Giannis is kind mm-hmm. of like tier one and then I think Steph is right, like just creeping at them by himself in tier two, if you want. Mm-hmm. If you want to have an argument that maybe LeBron, because he was hurt and didn't show it in the playoffs last year, um, is with Steph, fine. But I, I agree with you that that uh, that KD is the best player in the world. And if he's held, and by the way, he barely played last year. He didn't play a yeah. whole lot last year. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see what his season looks like, you know, uh, longer removed from that Achilles, 
um, and if he'll be able to kind of play full regular season and then still have that kind of impact in the playoffs. But I, I agree. If, if KD is healthy, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter what happens with the rest of the Nets, but he is so good that if KD is healthy, I think they are probably the favorites, at least in the East. Yeah, I, I think I want to see LeBron not be able to reach that next gear just because he's old before I'm willing to go so far as to put him in the second tier. Like if he's not able to get there because he's not healthy, then we would hold that, that standard across the league, right? Like it's just a matter of, for me, which, which a tier one for me is these guys have a sixth gear tier two for me is they have a fifth gear and those in that sixth gear to me for, for Giannis and Katie and, and LeBron is just, it's an extra spot above what they can do. What, what like Steph can do. Uh, uh, Steph's sixth gear is as good as anybody's. Well, but like, no, he's not impacting the game defensively like those. Yeah, three guys. like he's not big. He's not big enough to, to I think, have that the sixth gear. You know, the the extra one that the seven foot Kevin Durant has, and that the six nine LeBron James has, and the seven foot Giannis Antetokounmpo has. Yeah, no, all all of that is fair. Those guys, those guys have a gear defensively that that Steph just yeah. because of his physical limitations yeah. cannot get to. Yeah. But offensively, you could you could maybe argue that Steph's offensive game might have a gear above those other guys. Like no, I, goes, I will. No, 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 no. When no. He goes, I, I, not might. I will argue that. When Steph he goes, Curry when he goes is the, Steph Curry is the best offensive player ever, and <laughs> yeah. it's clearly last year showed he's still at his peak. Yeah, like Steph has a gear offensively that no one in the history of planet Earth has been able to get to. Well, I mean, Ramon Sessions, I thought was right. There. Uh, you know, in some of those moments. <laughs> in some of those in some of those in some of those moments yeah all right so you might be right who will win the 2021 2022 key mvp i don't really like this question because like the way that these guys approach the season is so different yeah you know like i i I, it's it's tough because like are you gonna say that I, i don't think this question should be framed as this is the best player in the nba because luca at 24 is more capable of pushing himself over the course of 82 game seasons than LeBron James is heading into year. What is it? 37 or 38? Like uh, 38. Yeah. 38. <laughs> yeah, like... Um, yeah. 138. Um, I, so I think that's, I, I think that's fair. I don't, I, I, which is why I think there's, there's also the like team construction part of it, right? Your team has to be generally top half of whatever conference you're in to, to, to be in the discussion. And you kind of seem to get dinged if you have uh right, a, a co-star that is that good. Right. So I think that yeah. lessens KD's odds, right. Because he's mm-hmm. got Kyrie theoretically and Harden and, you know, AD and LeBron maybe splitting votes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like a LeBron FU season coming. So I think LeBron is not a bad choice. I also think that I'm not seeing him get votes here. Yeah, I think I think LeBron's not a bad choice for that. I think there may be like a LeBron prove a point season coming. You're buying, you're buying LeBron um, stock. I am. Um, but right, if AD is back to where he was a couple years ago as opposed to as opposed to last year, I wonder if he is seen as too good of a co-star and that mm-hmm. may split votes. So I would say for me, LeBron is up there. I think Luca is probably 
if Dallas is good enough, because like the narrative about Porzingis is that he's been awful for a couple of years, which frankly, he has been pretty awful for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, he was good in the bubble before he got hurt. But um, so I would say it's for me, the top three, not in any order necessarily is LeBron, Luca and, and Steph, because I, the like narrative of like Steph holding them afloat. He was so good last year. If the Warriors kind of ascend to a top half of the Western conference team, it's going to be, especially without, uh, without clay there until clay comes back. Um, I, I think those guys, th- that's probably my top three. And I, I think Giannis is going to be heard from too. Also. I think, so I'm looking, I have the, uh, the, the betting odds right now. So Luca right now is the favorite at plus 380. Next up is Kevin Durant at plus 600. And then Embiid at seven, Giannis at nine, Curry is at nine, and then Lillard is at 1,400. Jokic is at 1,500. LeBron is at 1,500. Of all the things I'm buying there, it's, it's LeBron and Steph are, are my two, like, fav- my best bets out of that. I just, I don't think, like, Embiid, I don't, th- I don't think Philly's going to be good enough. Um, so... so- I think those I think, are my best bets. Uh, and then, and then also, like I, I, you know, because you mentioned him, Anthony Davis is at plus twenty five hundred. Um, I think there's some value there. I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think you know if you want to put, if you want to put, I mean, it's hard, you know, but it's hard to win twenty five to one. It's it's hard to win MVP with LeBron James as your teammate. Yeah, but I think if, all right. So here's the thing. I'm not sure that AD is willing to do the things that it would take to win the MVP. Because if he's going to win the MVP, he is center. He is the center. Period. Probably, yes. You know? And so, like, Probably. If, <laughs> Predo- let's say this. Not, not Let's say this. Predominantly. Yeah. Like, it, like, you're talking about, you know, right now, they're talking about, like, a 50-50 split. I think that split would have to be, like, 70-30, 80-20 for, for AD to have that kind of a season. And I just don't think he's willing to do it. And that, like, again, it goes back to the way that these guys approach that season or the season in this award, like Luca is more willing to do the things that win him the MVP because I mean, like, sure. But Luca also like doesn't have the other guys and no, have that's, the ball that's, 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 100% I'm not, I'm not, of the time. I, that comes across as a shot at AD, the stuff that like AD would like to do the stuff that Luca gets to do, you know, like, <laughs> right. he's, shout he's out king. shout out ad and marcus can be the like sophomore starting point guards for their high school teams that grew <laughs> yeah. that grew 45 inches <laughs> over one summer in high school i can't believe a point guard at any point in his career ever shot like marcus can be like, that's why marcus can be that's why that's why he didn't get recruited that's why he ended up going to umass because yeah he didn't get recruited much until all of a sudden he was 6'2 and then the next summer he came back and he was 6'11 must be nice. I, I, <laughs> although that growth, that the the growing pains there must. Have oh yeah, been brutal. that's not great for the knees. No, it does not feel back. good on the joints. Yeah, it's yeah. not good on the joints. I'll pass. Um, <laughs> so you so mean I you think, don't want to you don't want to grow another nine inches in your middle age? You don't want to no. just shoot up? Maybe no. I've I've gained nine inches on nine inches on my waist. Like you know, <laughs> I'm glad you said waist. <laughs> maybe a little blow, but uh, but so for for. For the, <laughs> for the I saw that you guys can't see all of our wonderful listeners. Thank you for listening. By the way, um, it's been great so far. But we're we're <laughs> Anthony and I are on Zoom, and he was like starting to point, 
to like a general <laughs> area and, and that that had i guess me my with, hands aren't being shown my waist isn't up here though like that had me concerned my... which is my point i couldn't see i saw you <laughs> i saw your hands go below below the horizon the zoom horizon and i got concerned all right moving on babe i hope you're not listening uh but so so the the mvp thing i don't want to discuss it from like who's going to win the mvp we we discussed like our bets and all that stuff but we, and we discussed kind of the the best player in the NBA. But like if we're looking at this as stock, who isn't getting enough noise, you think, for is it you said LeBron? LeBron and Steph. Is do you think Luca takes a leap? Do you think he factors into that conversation where he's in tier one? I do. Um do but tier one as far as best player in the world or tier one as far as MVP? Uh best player in the world. No. I don't care about the MVP. It's a farce. No, like, can, no. I, can I just say like, I like it's a stupid award. It's a dumb award. I actually am really into it. I think the problem is that there isn't a like clear criteria. So nobody knows what everybody else, like well, that's why, why everybody else is voting for who yeah. they're voting for. Right. Um, that's, that's why I don't, I don't particularly like the award. That's why or you're not an official NBA. voter. You've declined the NBA's offer to make you an official MVP oh, yeah. voter. Yeah, I, Adam I love Silver you standing on principle. You and Kyrie just standing on principle. I, I like yeah. that. Adam Silver called the other day and I told him, no, until Can't we get you. a grading scale, Can't I am not you. in. Uh, no, I don't think, I don't think, I think Luca is still a couple years away from um, being like in that tier with the, yeah. you know, with LeBron and Steph and Kawhi if he's healthy and, and, uh, you know, some of the other guys, the KD and Giannis, some of those other guys um, for a couple of reasons. One, because like, I'm going to need you to win a playoff series, mm-hmm. like a, you got to get mm-hmm. out of the first round. And um, it looks like we've seen more dedication to getting himself physically right. He looks yeah. like in camp, he looks to be in significantly better shape. Um, I need something on defense Yeah, from you. Like Steph, we don't think Steph is, Steph is a very good team defender one-on-one. He's kind of, eh, he's okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like Steph has a season where he'll lead the NBA in steals. Like he'll, yeah. there's something there, right? He's trying, and Luca just doesn't look like he's trying. He at least tries to be in the right spot. Like right. Luca will just kind of wander off. So I need, I need a little bit of something out of him in the playoffs. And I need a little bit of something out of him defensively um, for him to be able to like get in that tier where he's just, you know, the elite of the elite of the elite. I think Luca is a top 10 player in the NBA, but we're talking like top three, four, five. No, I don't, I don't last, see it yet. Last one here, breakout seasons right now. It's uh, Jaron Jackson got thir- uh, 17% of the votes. Anthony Edwards got 13. Michael Porter jr. Got 10 Darius Garland uh, and Keldon Johnson, John Morant and Kevin Porter jr. All tied for 7% of the vote. Other players receiving votes. DeAndre Ayton, LaMelo Ball, Lonzo Ball, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, DeAndre Hunter, Karis LeVert, Terrence Mann, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Vassell, and uh, the, and Zion Williamson. Can we even – come on. There's so many of those that come I don't, I don't even is, think like, it's Zion fair. On it? Yeah, why, why is Cat on there? Like, there's so many yeah. of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's been like among the best offensive big men in the history of planet Earth for like the last six seasons. And their team is terrible. Right. Um, wow. wonder if like a, a vaccinated Andrew Wiggins is, is, should have gotten. Wow. Him. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's been the, that's been I mean, the if you want to stay time. with the Warriors, I mean, there's a lot of really good intel and buzz, and he has been great. 
uh, in the first two preseason games, Jordan Poole has been like just fantastic. Um, I think he's, I mean, if he's, I guess if we're buying stock, if he's not even among the other receiving votes, I guess I should take Jordan Poole because I, I think depending on how much he starts, I think there is a very decent chance he wins six man of the year and or most improved. So um, that I think that qualifies for a breakout star. I, the Jaron Jackson Jr. stuff, I just like all the indicators aren't good. He, he makes me, he makes me pretty nervous. Um, Anthony Edwards. I mean, he was the number one overall pick last year was horrific to start the year. Got a lot better towards the end. I don't know if like, it's even fair to call him a breakout, but you know, at least offensively, I would expect him to have a pretty good year. Um, especially because I think Minnesota is going to be a little bit more stable. Finally, this year, the coaching change in the middle of the year, cat had all the stuff in his personal life and mm-hmm. COVID himself. And so, um, and I think, I actually think Lonzo is going to have a, a, a really good year. I think Chicago is going to be an abject disaster defensively and between he and AC. They're like I their think, only defenders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, uh, I think Lonzo, I think Lonzo is going to have a pretty good year. I think Lonzo, you know, I, I think there's a chance Lonzo is up in double digits ish, uh, with assists. Cause I think Chicago is going to get out and kind of run a, a good amount and they're going to need to, cause they're not going to guard anybody. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think he, you know, throwing lobs to Levine and, and, uh, pick and pops with Vooch. And I, yeah, so I think, I think Lonzo is going to have a pretty big year guarding people and, and distributing the ball. So there's a few for you. I could see, I could see Lonzo getting like first or second team, all NBA defensively. Like, I, 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 could see I that. agree with that. Um, he, he's a good one. I think, yeah, I'm with you on Jaron Jackson jr. I, there are moments where I watch him and I'm like, Holy crap. And then there are other moments where I watch them like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like what a great description. Yeah, what a great way to put it. Yes. <laughs> so I'd like to I'd like to get fewer of the second of sometimes the, of the it's ladder. Like, oh, and sometimes like, oh. oh. Yeah. No, Ad, Adam and I used to play whoa or whoa on our on our old NBA or locked on NBA show where it was like, whoa, or like, whoa. You know, whoa. I want I want fewer like, whoa moments from Jaron Jackson Jr. before I'm willing to call him like a breakout star. And I also, also missed not... he also missed like three and a half seasons with yeah. just a meniscus. And it was like I was like, are you ever playing again? Or yeah. what are we doing here? Well also like Anthony Edwards, I feel uncomfortable putting him in there because he's a former number one overall was pick. A number one like, pick. Is that, yeah. What are you breaking out from? Like the, you were considered the best player in college a year ago and you had a pretty good rookie season. Yeah by the way he was the number one pick in the NBA draft less than a calendar year ago. Two drafts ago, but less than a calendar year. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. So mine, if I had to vote one here. Yeah, I think Lonzo gets my vote. I think he's with like the perfect, you know, shooting guard next to him who will make him look good at all the things that Lonzo was really good at doing. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And, and, and I just... I can't wait to watch a bunch of Chicago Bulls. Yeah, on, I don't know why I'm so... In, I, I think the Bulls are not going to be good because yeah. they're just going to be an abject disaster <laughs> or just an abject failure defensively. Yeah. But, but I'm into it. <laughs> I'm into it. I could see it like... You just you, you get an alert, you know, a league pass alert on, on Twitter or something like that. And it's like, Chicago Bulls are entering the third quarter. 
down 113 to 107 you know like, oh yeah fourth, i need all the like the fourth i need all the nets uh i need all the nets bulls like 162 <laughs> it'll be like the, like the old nuggets and warriors games yeah. from like the 90s <laughs> yeah 162 148 i need all of it all right so if you had if there was one like if we're building our portfolio and you have x amount of money to be able to put into your a singular stat yeah given the 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 relative value of it which stat like which which stock i guess are you yeah. buying the most of across uh, all of these questions Lebr- lebron lebron mvp lebron mvp yeah lebron mvp mm. i just i feel i just feel a lebron f you i'm still that dude yeah season coming right he got hurt uh, his first year got hurt that christmas uh, day game against the warriors and you know the narrative, the Wash King stuff. You're mostly responsible for, but um, <laughs> that sort of like all all of those narratives start building. And even whether it's truthful or not, right? If anybody thinks LeBron is washed or not, he uses it as motivation. Came back, had a great year, led the NBA in assists, um, won the title, won Finals MVP, and then bubble tax as my man Trudell calls it, the bubble tax last year, LeBron gets hurt mm-hmm. again, which I think is fair to like two out of the last three years. He's had, he's had an injury fluky or not. He's, he's had a couple of injuries the last two out of the last three years. So fair question. But then, you know, last year didn't go very well. He wasn't great. The team was not good at all in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think we may be in store for a LeBron. Like, no, I'm not as sure as I used to be that he still can do it, that he still mm-hmm. has that to summon. But I think we're about to find out. And uh, if he does, I think LeBron, I think you said it was plus 1,200, I think is what you said LeBron was for, for MVP. He um, is, yeah, 1,500. 1,500, yeah. Oh, Steph was plus 1,200. LeBron's plus 15, right? Uh, Steph is 900. 900, okay. 900. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think plus 1,500, I, you know, whatever that, I think you said he was uh, something like eighth, seventh or eighth or ninth favorite, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. I, I see a LeBron FU season coming. How about this? If LeBron still has it to summon, I suspect we have a LeBron FU season coming. He was having one last year before Solomon Hill dove at his foot. Like, he was having a really good season. Yes. He was, he was on, he was the, the, the MVP favorite by the time he got hurt. Like he was, uh, yeah, I think then, he was leading. Yes. Yeah. And so like, I, I could see it. I could see that. I, I also think that Jokic is getting slept on a little bit here. He is going to have to carry the nuggets while Jamal Murray is out. Um, has heard all season or all off season. Well, I don't know if he's heard it because he like, by all accounts, doesn't really care about any other stuff, but, but like, uh, he has been hearing, that it was a fluke MVP and it was only because all these other guys got hurt and all that stuff. Um, and I think he's actually a really good basketball player. So I I'm with you on the, on the LeBron stock, but I'm also, you're buying a, uh, you're buying a little joker. Yeah. A little, you know, if he's joker, kind of like, get a taste. Yeah. Wait, like your beak as it were. Exactly. If he's like apple stock, you know, like, cause he's, you're still, you're still dropping a penny on it. You're still, you're, you know, he's still like top, eight in MVP favorites. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're still talking about somebody who's going to cost you a bunch of money. Like AD is, is kind of like, you know, last year during the, um, during the pandemic, I invested in a, a cannabis company. 
And that would be AD was was my bet there. And the cannabis company did well. I want to hear. uh, You're going to have to explain this one to me. I'm missing the analogy. I need to hear this one. Flush this out. I just bought like so Aurora Cannabis was the company that that um, I thought that we were all going to be stuck in our houses and they were going to sell a shit ton of weed. So they did. So I bought their stock at like, I think it was $1.50. And then by the time I sold, I think it was at like eight or nine bucks. So hey, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so for, for, uh, but Anthony Davis is like right around there too, right? Anthony Davis being 20, yeah. 25, 25 to 1, to one is, yeah. is MVP. If he, like, it's going to take DeAndre Jordan showing just how washed he is, which he's doing a really good job so far of in, in the preseason. And then Tennessee is delicious. <laughs> and, and then uh, Dwight Howard is going to have to, you know, be in constant foul trouble, which he has doing, been doing a great job of in the he preseason. He did fell out on Sunday when I was there. When I was at Sables, <laughs> he did fell out. Yeah, he did fell out. And then got to shoot a free throw after he had fouled out. After which he was fouled out. The first time I had seen that. And so, so you have, uh, so, but like if the Lakers roster is built in a way that like AD, if they want to have a season good enough to where AD or LeBron and or LeBron are in the MVP conversation, like AD and LeBron would have to do truly special stuff. I think where AD does his most truly special stuff is at the center spot. So if he does that, and if the, if the Lakers, like if, if the season goes, is the way that I think it's going to go for both Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan, then I think. Anthony Davis is going to be forced into a spot where he has to do all of those things where the Lakers, like they have so many combo guards, you kind of have to play AD at the five so he can make up for those three guard lineups out there occasionally. And I think that's, that's, that's the money that I would be, uh, if I wanted to put like a hundred bucks on somebody that could turn into, you know, whatever it'd be 2,500, 2,500. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, that's going to do it for this episode of the hook. And then this week's episodes, of the silver screen and roll podcast feed thank you guys a ton for tuning in the way that you have we keep somehow some way we are able to continue to increase our our listenership over the course of the dead season of september which is insane to me so thank you guys for for all of that and all of the support that you guys have given make sure you're rating subscribing and reviewing the uh the podcast that helps us and out say here. nice things about That's me fun. i have low self-esteem yeah. so say nice yeah. things about me specifically yeah. i have you know I'm, I'm working through it but maybe yeah. it's why i drink so much <laughs> help aaron with his drinking <laughs> In a say nice things I'm about doing. me and like, recommendations I'm, I'm for treatment <laughs> i'm i'm helping you drink in the sense that like you and i are drinking while we record but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but be, uh, be a productive help uh, for <laughs> until next week I'm Anthony Irwin, that was Aaron Marshall, and this was the host.